Tanya Sleiman. I'm the producer and director of 95 Lives, a feature documentary about Helen Levitt, photographer and filmmaker. I'm delighted that today in the studio in Reykjavik, my daughter Clementina is joining us, and she has a very special Icelandic song to sing, Vicky Vaki. One thing I love about living and working in Iceland is how it's such a small place compared to where I've lived before, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York with 8 million people. Well, Iceland has 350,000, and my friend Inga tells me she knows the poet who wrote this lyric for Vicky Vaki that Clementina will sing for us. After we hear Clementina's beautiful song, we're going to go straight into a love of Helen Levitz, a man named Charlie. Thanks for tuning in today. Hi, my name is Clementina, and I am eight years old. Gakthuti Graina Lundin, Gauthu from a blau Zundin, Winter Sturpistan Vistundin, Stoppit Yetness Yente Thicht, Voris Kamer Hamer Leenar, Yasras Mate. Ah, Voris Kamer Hamer Leenar, Yasras I love about documentary is digging up people who knew someone well, like all the friends of Helen Levitt. It came to me quite quickly to realize that there was an important man named Charlie that I needed to do some digging into. Have you heard about Charlie? You know about Charlie, right? Do you know who Charlie was? You know about Charlie, right? These were some of the questions that Helen Levitt's friends would ask me 
in the middle of our taped interviews when I was getting to know her and her story. I researched all the living friends I could find, and I still haven't met Charlie in real life, but I've made this amazing picture in my head of a kind man, a fantastic dancer, a handsome man with a twinkle in his eye, someone Helen Levitt would fall in love with. Charlie wanted to have a family, and Helen Levitt wasn't able to. Due to medical removal of her uterus, she wasn't able to have children. This may have freed her sexually to be able to have partners and not be worried about getting pregnant, but as far as Charlie, she had to let him go so he could be a man with a wife and kids, and she was never to be his wife. But Charlie played poker with Helen Levitt and her friends for many years after their love affair ended. And I kind of imagine that she strategically kept him in her orbit. Two distant planets orbiting, close by at times, near, far, in the same space. So although I never have met Charlie, I have a very vivid picture in my mind of this charismatic young man that Helen Levitt falls in love with and lets him go because it's better to have loved and lost than not to have loved at all. And she seemed to have loved Charlie. Some of Helen Levitt's photographs capture teenagers with the first blush of a crush, trying on adult roles, transforming into young people in love. There's always a kind of drama that she spots in a moment, and Click captures it. One of my favorite images of Henri Cartier-Bresson features a young boy in shorts and knee-high socks, and he's bringing home wine to the table. He's very proud because he's much too young to drink it, but he's old enough to go to the corner market and bring it home. Helen Levitt would have seen this image by the time she took a similar image, but brought in her own sense of humor. A young girl in Helen Levitt's photograph is bringing home milk. But in the case of the young girl, the milk bottles are where her newly emerging feminine body of breast milk is coming into play. And behind her is a very jealous, very pregnant teenager in Harlem who has now turned into a milk-producing agent for a soon-to-emerge child. There's humor in this image because it's not just about bringing home milk or wine. It's about what happens when someone's jealous of someone else. The jealousy of the pregnant woman whose body has been taken over. And the freedom of the young girl bringing home milk. The other day, during my daughter's winter break from school, she and I were on the couch in Reykjavik, a blue velvet couch that she selected with pride for our new apartment. I had heard about these songs that all the children were singing at school. We don't talk about Bruno, no, 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 the song that we don't talk about. They love this rap song with the broken arpeggios, do, 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 inspired by Cuban melodies composed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. That song didn't bring me to tears, but I found it quite charming. But yet, an hour into the movie, there's a journey that a grandmother character has been taking, and she's quite rigid up until this point in the filmmaking. And we see why in this moment in the story. She has a love lost, in her case, death. She's a new mom of triplets when war takes away her strappingly handsome husband. He's killed in front of her very eyes, and she shelters her triplets from seeing their dad murdered. 
This happens quite subtly in the film, and I'm not sure my daughter even understands what's happened in the cartoon version of Death. But the song is so poignant, and the composer, Lin-Manuel Miranda, talks a bit in other interviews about how he cast the voice. He knew that a young female voice could confuse viewers and think it was grandmother's voice. So they got a male voice, a Colombian star, and he sings about the transformation of becoming a butterfly out of a caterpillar. And I was completely caught off guard. I'd never heard this song before, and I found myself crying. My daughter had transformed in front of me into this child who watches movies with me and chooses couches and goes to Ikea. And We Don't Talk About Bruno, No, No is a hit for a reason. It's a fabulous song. It's filled with life. And this very charming song about caterpillars is one that maybe is a gift for the grown-ups at the end of the movie to let you know that things will be okay even when things seem dark. Love has been a theme for music and poetry and cinema and photography since time immemorial. One of the Guatemalan kings in the 900s was so in love with his beautiful wife that when she died early, he created a temple for her and built one for himself. Upon his death, he too would be buried there. And I absolutely adore that when the equinox strikes, there is a piercing beam of light that goes from his temple to hers and in reverse from hers to his in the fall and in the spring. These cycles of life continuing far beyond their life and death in Guatemala. One of the really beautiful themes in the Pixar movie Encanto with the songs by Lin-Manuel Miranda are these themes of unique families, unique loves, and fantastic worlds that we can enter. The word Encanto is a special magical place. My daughter is seven, and she still believes in magic. And when she asks me if magic exists, I tell her, yes, if you believe in magic, it will exist. And I think that some of Helen Levitt's photographs have a touch of magic, a touch of something you just can't see. And one of the things I can't wait to do in the film is to reveal these layers of magic in how she captured a moment in time. In the Encanto song, Dos Oruguitas, we have this beautiful lyric that translates two oruguitas, the little caterpillars, against the weather. The wind grows colder, but they're together. They hold each other, no way of knowing that they are each other's shelter. They long to stay together, but something inside them is growing. And then, of course, the caterpillar becomes a butterfly. And so in this song by Sting, If You Love Someone, Set Them Free, and the poem by Tennyson, Better to have loved and lost than not to have loved at all, I kind of imagine Helen Levitt finding her truth as a young woman. Better to have loved Charlie and let him go, to be free, to grow into a butterfly with a family. And for my young daughter here, watching Encanto with me in Reykjavik, I wonder what her next year will bring. I'm sure transformations, new words, perhaps feeling of a first crush. I, Oruguitas, don't you hold on too tight, is the English translation of the chorus. Both of you know it's your time to grow, to fall apart, and to reunite. So I hope for anyone who has a love that they've lost, that they can see this as the the beauty of something that you hold on to for a moment, but let it go when it's time to move on and transform 
And I know that's what this year has been for me, a year of transformation in Iceland. So thank you very much for listening today. In Icelandic, we can say thank you for the day. Takk fyrir í dag. And for something kind of magical like an encanto. Gracias por todo el tiempo contigo. This has been the podcast 95 Lives. I'm Tanya Sleiman, producer and director of the film and podcast, produced by Thorbjorn Kolborunarsson in his studio here in Reykjavik.